0: In order for electricity to flow properly, it first must be connected to a powerful source. Ladies and gentlemen, we introduce to you The Plug, People Living Under Grace, a podcast that's designed to connect all of us to the God of our salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Dive in with us weekly as we talk about hot topics such as families, relationships, politics, you name it, we talk about it. So grab your popcorn, grab your favorite friend or your loved one, because The Plug is on and get ready to get plugged in. on everybody you're listening to the plug people living under grace i'm joseph a
1: i'm dominique suarez i'm shard a b
0: and i'm brian b and we have a special guest with us today he is backstage i'm about to bring him out and brian and Charday have at it
2: hey mr scott how you doing guys how you doing Hi, mr. Scott. Good, good.
3: hey how's everybody doing
1: good hey, everybody
2: mr scott he is like a financial guru <laughs> um, I say this because he really helped us out. Um, gave us some knowledge, shared some knowledge with, you, with us. Um, that really helped us uh, uh, clean, up credit, clean up our credit, get our our credit, get our finances right, finances in order, investing, investing. You name it. Yep. He gave us the info, and we wanted to share it with the world. Yes, yes, yes. We appreciate you. We honor you. We thank you for taking your time out today to join us. So, no problem. How's everybody
0: doing? Pretty good. Mm, good. Oh wow, well, good.
1: We're good too. I'm excited about the knowledge you about to drop on us. Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> I will
3: bless my words that you know somebody, somebody will will take hold to what I'm saying. Yes. yes. I guarantee you that uh, what I'm about to say tonight, if you guys take heed to it, uh, by the time you get to my age and I'm 56 years old, you guys will be set. Um, a little bit about myself. Uh, Robert Scott, fifty-six years old, born and raised in the Bronx, uh, graduated from City University of New York. Worked on Wall Street for over ten years at, in IT. Um, by the time I was twenty-eight years old, I was making hundred thousand dollars a year. Moved to Georgia in ninety-two. Bought my first real estate uh, investment property in ninety-five. In two thousand, bought a I don't know a plethora of real estate properties. Um, Some I did wholesaling, foreclosures, probates, a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. While I was employed in corporate America, I also used to teach um, some of the the guys that I worked with, guys and gals, uh, about 401ks, stocks and bonds, uh, estate planning, you know, just just anything wealth related. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so in 2008, um. Basically, when the real estate market declined, um, so did all of my real estate. Um, I, I lost basically everything, and so that was really the turning point of me putting everything together. You know, working on Wall Street, all the things I have learned, uh, all the ups and downs and challenges that I had in terms of being able to manage my money. Um, it gave me an opportunity to do a postmortem on my financial life and figure out why. Um, things were happening, and what could I do better to almost assure myself that this wouldn't happen again? Um, and at that point, that's when I ran into Robert Kiyosaki, and the light bulb came on. Um, basically, I understood at that point that the name of the game is cash flow, not cash. Because hmm. I hear a lot of a lot of younger folks—not too many older folks—talking about getting to the bag. Yes. <laughs> well, to me, that's a very um, ambiguous term because I don't know what I don't know what that means. I, I know mm-hmm. I think I know what it means. It means you want to get to the money. Um, but how big of a bag? Right. And for what? What are you going to do with it? Right. So, you know, I, I'm a product of the New York City school system. Um, like I said, I graduated from college, in New York City and what I realize is that as you're making a lot of money, money doesn't make you smart. Mm-hmm. What money does is it will expose who you already are. Mm-hmm. So if you're evil and you hit the lotto, you're going to be an evil person with money. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're a generous person and you hit the lotto, you're going to be a generous person. All right. Money. So money doesn't make you smart; It just exposes who you already are. Mm-hmm. So, what you need in life, you need three types of education. Number one, you need basic education. you got to be able to read and write and arithmetic and things of that nature. Number two, based on what your profession is, if you're a lawyer, a doctor, accountant, a basketball player, whatever, there's certain skills that you've acquired by doing that job. That's your professional education. But no matter how much money you make and how much education you have, that does not insulate you. Being financially illiterate because you need financial education, right. which is something that you don't learn in school. Um, I was pretty good in school. I mean, I was at the top of my class. I thought I was twenty-eight, making hundred thousand um, dollars. You know, what I mean, I, I thought that I was—I was really doing it. Um, but like I said, when two thousand and eight happened, then it dawned on me. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's not right. And that's when I realized that even though I had a lot of cash, I didn't have any cash flow. So it's the same reason why a lot of lotto of millionaires end up going broke five years down the road. It's because they have cash, but they're not wise enough to create cash flow. So when the cash is gone, right, you have something left. Let me let me ask you guys a question. So you know, lot lotto's coming up here, mega million, it's about nine hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, how many of you would take the nine fifty over 20 years? Or would you rather divide it in half and take four hundred million dollars today? I'll take the 20
2: years.
0: I would take 20 years. <laughs> yeah. same. <laughs> well, why? I mean, there's some
1: stuff I want to buy right now, so.
0: I mean, but, but if you do it over, but if you do it over 20 years, it'll it's enough that you can buy that stuff that you want to buy from mm-hmm. Ross.
1: Facts, but I'm thinking That's about the house don't. that I want right now.
0: <laughs> but I'm sure you can buy it. Are you sure you can buy the house?
1: True enough, but I don't want to be in an apartment. <laughs> right.
0: now, I, don't, I don't. think there's really a right or wrong answer, <laughs>
3: really answer of what you want. If, if I was a little younger. I would take to 20 years. Why? Because I don't see me giving up 200, I mean, $450 million Mm. just because I want something today when they're giving me $300,000 a year for the next 20 years. Anyway, something like that. Right. So remember that if you were to hit tomorrow and not have any financial knowledge and you took all the money at once and you lost it all, that's it. Game over. Yeah. Whereas at 300000 a year, you could practice for 10 years mm. and still have 10 years to get it right. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of people, you know, it's a today thing. Well, I need the money today,
0: today, today. Right. But so, a, does it, does okay. it happen? so, so, I'm sorry. So thinking, as a, thinking as a believer, and all of us are pretty, we're believers. Um, and this is the show is called The Plug People Living Under Grace. We, we thought that it would be very fitting, you know, our age group as they call us. They're starting to call us millennials now because <laughs> we're young. I'm trying to refute that, but apparently we are. So we are considered millennials, even though we're in our early thirties. Dominique is too. So, um, what would you say? As a, <laughs> what would you say as a believer? You know, how should believers look at money? You know, because we church folk get a bad rap. For when it like money is like taboo amongst other sins, money is not a sin. We would just want to make that clear, but it's looked at as very taboo in old church doctrine, so to speak. Yes. So, as as believers, how should we look at money?
3: Well, let me, let me answer that in two parts. First mm-hmm. of all, the uh, physical thing that you have in your pocket is not money; it's what's called a fiat currency that came about in 1971 when Richard Nixon took us off of the gold standard and they created this fiat currency. That's, that's number one. Number two, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. And I think the Bible says that it's, it's the love of money. Mm-hmm. That's the root to all evil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not the money itself. Right. So that means that it's your intention behind what you're going to do that creates the sin. Right. Not, not the thing itself, right. Um, I, I don't know if it's just church folk. I think that we all have been educated in a system that uh, did not prepare us properly to deal with money. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I, I'm almost confident of that. Yeah. Um Starting starting out, uh, so my, my son is thirty eight, thirty-nine, somewhere in there, somewhere in there, and he's just now paying attention to dad and and now starting to move up and buy properties and started his own business, you know, and things of that nature. So the first thing that I would concentrate on is credit. Hmm. That's the first thing. You gotta get your. I'm saying in this game. I mean, how many how many of you guys have read the book Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad?
0: I read a little bit, so you I was, supposed to, I was you, supposed to read it, but I didn't read it. Okay, you gotta read. It. You
3: gotta read. It. I'm telling you, it's life changing. Not only that, that just lays the foundation, but the next book is actually called the uh, Cash Flow Quadrant, where he talks about. Everybody in business is in one of categories. You either in the, the B, which is for, I mean, you're in the E, which you're an employee, you're in the B, um, which is big business, S, which is self-employed, and I, which is for investor. Now it's made like a like a chart, like a tic-tac-toe, like that. So you have the the E and the S on the left-hand side of the page and the B at the top and the I in the bottom on the right hand side of the page. If you're on the left hand side, you get taxed the most. If you're on the right hand side, you get taxed the least, such as you know Bill Gates and Amazon and Warren Buffett, you know those people because they own so many assets, they can easily defer the tax mm. and pay little or nothing. So most people start out in the e. You're an employee. Now, as an employee, you know, you might work from, they say, from January to around May just to pay the taxes on your salary. Wow.
1: When I tell you I'm so disgusted, I looked at my last um, pay stub of the year. I'm so disgusted about what I grossed and what I actually brought home. Mm -hmm. And it was like half my paycheck, more than half went into other things, and I brought home less than half of my money.
3: Yeah, but, I, mean, I could and, not believe it. Yeah, and basically, you know, that's what happens. So the goal, here he, here is the financial goal, is to buy assets that produce income that will exceed your expenses and liabilities. Once again, buy assets that produce income That will help to exceed your expenses and liability. Now, just let me give you a definition—my definition of what an asset is. An an asset is is something that is putting money in your pocket, and you're not working. Mm -hmm. The the accounting definition is any anything of value is an asset but I, I want to change that and, and and say that anything that's putting money in your pocket when you're not working is an asset Versely, a liability is anything when you're not working that takes money from your pocket
0: mm, like children
3: uh like houses <laughs> so wait we
0: gotta go, we gotta do a, a quick commercial break you're listening to the plug people living under grace will be right back after the words from sponsors and music the best we back. you listen to The Plug, People Living in the Grace, and we are talking to Mr. Robert Scott from Georgia. Please, sir, can you finish that last thought and statement that you were making?
3: Well, basically, we were talking about assets and liabilities, and I was saying that anything that is taking money from your pocket, we label that as a liability. Anything that puts money in your pocket, we label that as an asset. So the name of the goal is to buy assets that produce income. Um, Because... What you want to do is you want to get from the left-hand side of that cash flow quadrant over into the right-hand side. You either want to be a big business or you want to be an investor. So how do we start off? We, you know, we all have jobs, whatever. You don't want to quit your job and just start investing and you don't really know anything about it. So in my opinion, the first thing to do is get your credit together. You can go to annual credit. just the beginning of the year. So you can go to annualcreditreport.com and get a copy free copy of your credit report there. You can go to each individual bureau, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. You can get your credit report there for free. And then you got to analyze it. And it may take you some time, but the score that we're trying to get you to is somewhere around 680. Mm-hmm. At a 680 credit score, we can, we can open up a lot of things that will, will allow you to get a cheaper interest rate, you know, and, and things of that nature. But let me let me go back one time because I remember Dominique was talking about taking the money and buying a house, as she wanted a house that she was looking at. Well, Dominique, let me ask you this question: Is a house an asset or a liability? It's mm-hmm. an asset, right? It's an asset. Why, why do you say that? Based because on the it, definition. Based on the definition that I gave.
1: You. Because over time, it. It, it can make you more money
3: or the value can increase, right? That's true. That's true. But what's the definition of an asset? I can
1: make you money without you having to work. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right? An asset is anything that puts money in your pocket when you're not working. Right. So if you stop working and you buy a house, uh, I need to work. <laughs>
0: so a house is not an asset Mm -hmm. but income-producing property is an as a is an asset say that again income producing property is an
3: asset yeah so if you moved into so here's the strategy and i know i'm hopping around but here's the strategy so instead of buying a single family home buy a duplex triplex or quad you You live in one and rent out the other ones Right. Or a single family home out a four bedroom, two and a half bath. You take two rooms, rent out two rooms. And as long as what you're collecting is enough to pay the mortgage and that house is not a is not a liability. It now becomes right now becomes an asset. Um, so back to credit. Number one, you got to get your credit. together. credit dot com. Do not go to credit karma. OK, <laughs> credit karma is free.
1: Well, who, hey, who I'm saying like let me delete the app. Let me delete it. No, no, but
3: I, but no, <laughs> no, I, I, no, no, I pay don't for it. Right. Yeah, don't, don't delete it because you know um it does have some value, but annualcreditreport.com is one of the best, yeah. actual yeah. best is my FICO. Hmm. Because each category that you get credited has a different FICO score. Mm-hmm. house has a different fico score the car has a different fico score the insurance has a different fico score and they use different fico models some people use fico model 8 some people use Michael, uh, fico model 9 model 5 and if you if you join myfico.com you can always keep track of that particular fico score whereas when you're looking at credit karma that's not even a fico score mm. that's yeah. not different. That's just consumer data for you and I. It's a free app and, you know, it does some good, but um, like I said, annualcreditreport.com or com.
2: So I got a question. Sure. I got a question because I remember when uh, we met, um, you had me, like, say, when we had to turn our credit around, you actually had us write to the creditors, What yes. you had us write, like, every two days between TransUnion <laughs> Equifax and um, what was the other one? Uh, Experian. Experience. And yeah. Could you elaborate on that because it, it, it really did help, it worked and thank well, for off our credit and everything. So,
3: yeah, basically, what you guys were doing was, was your own credit repair. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at your credit report, you're really going to look at the top three items. Number one in credit is payment history. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay your bills on time you will destroy your credit score. Bottom line, you got to pay your bills on time. Absolutely. Number two is utilization. How much of the credit are you using? So if you have a $1,000 credit card and you use $1,000 every month and carry a balance, that's 100% utilization. That's going to drive down your credit score as well.
2: So- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, to cut you off with that. Like, say if somebody has a credit card and then they use a thousand, but then they paid a thousand off in the same month. Does that help or no?
3: Um, yes and no. And here's why I say that, because you have to know when to pay the credit card off. You have what's called a due date and you have what's called a statement date of the two. The most important is the statement date, not the due date. Oh, the statement date is what gets reported to the credit bureau. Mm -hmm. So. So let me give you, for instance, you got a thousand dollar credit card. You use the thousand and the the card is due on the 15th of January. Okay, you'll make the payment and let's say um, you can only afford to pay five hundred. Right. But. That means you got five hundred dollars left, right? You got a thousand dollar balance. Let's say your payment was thirty eight dollars, and you decided to pay five hundred. You said, well, "Wow, my payment is only thirty eight. I'm paying more than that, far more than that." You pay it, everything goes down. But what you forgot was that on the twenty second of the month, the statement was going to come out, and the statement will come out reported to the credit bureaus that you owe five hundred dollars. Wow, five hundred dollars. It's fifty percent of the thousand. Now you got a fifty percent utilization rate. Your score is going to go down 20, 30, 40, points. Wow.
0: Yes. wow!
3: I'm telling you, they some they some scandalism. There's a
0: Pharisees man. Yeah. Like I'm trying yeah, to tell you. but you know what they say: don't hate the player, hate the game. All right. <laughs> that's how Donald Trump so, was able. That's how Donald Trump was able to get away with not paying no taxes yeah. at all. Yes, uh, but Donald Trump. Yeah, and he, and he owes a lot of real estate.
3: Right? Right. Assets.
0: That, right. That
3: legally legally allow you to um, get your, your your tax your tax game together. So mm-hmm. number one, payment. Number two, utilization, right? Remembering that you have a due date and a statement date. The statement date is the most important. So even In that same scenario where you paid $500 on the 15th, knowing that your statement date was on the 22nd, you still still got time now to pay the card down as long as you pay it by 12 midnight on the statement date. Mm. Right? So now you pay it off. So the answer is yes, if you pay it all off and you pay it properly, yes, that's a good thing to pay the balance off every month. Wow. The the, The utilization rate that works best that I've seen is anywhere between 2% and 9%. Mm. You can carry a balance, and it won't cause your score to go down. You will hear on the internet, a lot of people say, oh, as long as you keep it under 30%. Yes and no. Yes and no. What I've seen personally is that if I keep it under 30% and not that 2 to 9 ratio, my score goes down 2 or 3 points. That's mm. not big, but still. that. Keep it lower, no, and that's it. Um, The other thing is history. How long have you had your credit? How long? So, let me give you a tip. If you don't have any credit, or if your credit is light and you need um, a boost, find someone who has a good credit score, who has a credit card that, that, that they actively have been using of which the utilization is lower than thirty percent, basically two to nine. If they got a credit card that they're not carrying a balance, that's even better. And have them add you as an authorized user to that credit card.
0: So my show manager is 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 telling us to go to break real quick. Um, so we're gonna come back to, to the authorized user because I have some questions about that. You're listening to the plug people living under grace will be right back after this commercial break. you're listening to the plug people living under grace we're back (laughs) and mr scott was talking about authorized users on accounts and but i also found out too because i thought about making my oldest uh, authorized user on my account not that he would have access but i would just be paying the bill obviously um but they only said that i could only add a spouse so is it are different cards or different card companies able to you know not i think so
1: jay because i'm on my mom's with navy Federal.
0: Well, ain't you blessed? Wait a minute. You said, you said Navy Federal?
3: Navy Federal, yeah. I love, I love Navy Federal. I love Navy Federal. Let me give you a quick story about Navy Federal. My wife, with a 600 credit score, maybe, with about 11 collections, got a $10,000 credit card. Navy wow and that's not that's not something that's one off just go to the internet and look look up navy federal high limits navy federal is known for that because they're relationship based mm. you know mm. she, she has a bank she has a checking account has a savings account have a business account there he she does a direct deposit you know into their account so she, navy federal feels like she's investing in them so they're going to invest invest in her oh wow so, If you're not a part, here's here's another here's another tip. If you are not a part of Navy Federal, you need to get uh, with someone who. uh, Well, you know, if you are in the military or know somebody in the military, you can get in. uh if you guys need my code, I mean I give you my code. I
1: have Navy Federal too guys, so if y'all want. Yeah, I'm on my husband's it. and my mom's. Oh, oh okay niece,
0: we <laughs> I'm <laughs> on
1: my husband's and my mom's because I'm nervous about trying to do it myself because um as a young adult, I totally messed my credit up. But I think I need to walk out on faith. I have been with Navy Federal for a really long time yes. and just try to get my own credit card. Hmm. So that I can be helping myself and not depend on
3: Well do you do you know what your credit score is?
0: Have you looked um,
1: at FHA? Yes. I actually had some pull it, um
0: this week. And it's horrible. We in the we in the same boat right now, so I mean I don't man, like I'm it, but there. my
1: husband is like, I
0: don't like it either.
1: High sixes, you know? Yeah, but I mean so I takes... feel bad because I feel like I'm keeping him from buying a house.
0: <laughs> well,
3: do you know Here's his another tip. teamwork but with FHA? You can buy a house with a five hundred credit score.
1: Yeah, but the yeah. the loan limits. I live in California. Oh, I, oh, I need at least four hundred thousand oh, to have a nice home. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's you
1: know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I you gotta three
0: hundred thousand to buy a nice house in California. Hey,
1: right. Yeah. I need to hone in on this credit thing, and there's literally only two things on it that I need to okay, pay well, off, but, get rid of, or something, and
3: be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. So. So, so let me answer your question as you're talking about do cri- different credit cards have different criteria. Yes, I never heard that you can only put your spouse on. I never heard of
0: that. I don't it's think nothing. the person that told me knew what they were talking about because they yeah, sounded like I, they wasn't even from here.
3: I, I put In all kinds of people on. I put my son on. I put my <laughs> wife on. It, it doesn't... Now, the only one I had a problem with was Chase. Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. Because they like, oh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll put you on as an authorized user. And they never did report. Mm. So I don't know, you know, what that's okay. all about. But American Express. Oh, another thing. Yeah. Um. Now, this I got something called FICO 10. And the FICO 10 looks back two years. You know, the other models look uh, month to month. So now, in order to get an authorized user, you have to make sure that that person has a card that's been in good standings for at least two years.
0: Mm.
3: You know what I mean? So how do we get the credit back together? Okay, we go in, we pull the credit report, we take a look, we sure our credit history, the payment history is good. We make sure that our utilization is anywhere between two and 9%. And then we look to get an authorized user so we can get more tenure on our credit. Now, what about those collections that we need to get off? The rule is never pay a collection. Here's why. With- Oh <laughs> because I'm trying to get and I'm just like, what he helped yeah, yeah, you definitely he helped, helped us with that. When I was
2: like, What you should yeah. if- <laughs> like, oh, okay. hey, you know, like, all right, I've been telling my customers at work that and they'd be like, <laughs> but,
0: but you're you not paid I was like,
2: Mm-mm. but I feel like oh. I'm
0: being a bad oh. steward if I'm not being responsible enough to say, Hey, I did mess up. And you know, say we all about stewardship here on the plug. Like, I mean, tell us why, why, Mrs. Scott? Tell, tell us you. why. Because right, right. if I can save me some it's money, okay. I'm yeah. Well, <laughs> there the are two components to the credit game.
3: What happens is when you owe someone money, and then you default, <laughs> they sell that debt for pennies on the dollar to a third-party collection company. Mm. According to the Fair Credit Reporting Act. You don't owe the third party
0: because mm. you didn't right. sign
3: an agreement with the third party. Right. Okay. That would be like saying, well, well, Brian, give me $50. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a call from Joseph. Listen, you owe me $50. Because <laughs> Brian said, I gave him the $50 for you. I'm like, no, I don't owe you nothing. I didn't <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's basically how it works. So what we do is we have these verification letters mm-hmm. that we send in to the credit bureau because the credit bureau mandated by the federal credit reporting act has to have the original documentation that you signed, saying that you were obligated for that debt newsflash they never have it right <laughs> they never have it. no nope. they're not they're not a, a document collection agency they basically take what the creditors give them and they put it on your credit report and that's illegal according to the fair credit act section uh, six, 11, 14, and 19. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, what about if you have a dispute on your credit? I've never, Zach keeps hanging me up. There's a dispute, there's a Verizon dispute on my credit. That every time my credit gets pulled, the lenders are always like, Well, you have this dispute, and well, if they it, totally remove the, remove the dispute, it makes my score drop. So well, I don't it, know, do I pay it or like... Is
3: it a dispute or is it a election? Where is it showing up at on your credit report?
1: As a dispute. So I worked with a credit agency that wrote a letter to okay. whoever. And right. right now the Verizon account is in dispute. So I don't know what to do with it. Just let it sit there?
3: Um, no, you're not going to just let it sit there. Um, how long has it been since the other company wrote the letter?
1: I don't know. Maybe a few months. It's been okay. sitting there for a while. And,
3: and, and what happened? Nothing. Okay. Um, is so Verizon still the owner of the debt, or has the debt been sold to a third party? I don't know. Well, These that's
1: are the stuff I need to know.
3: Right. That's what you have to figure out. If the if this oh, if they sold the debt, then you can write the debt verification letter. Okay. If they did not sell the debt and they still own the debt then you're going to have to call them and work out something with them. Okay. Hmm. So by sending the letters to the, the, the credit bureaus, we have a format that we use and, and, and Brian, you know, can, can really tell you about that whole format. It's, it's a methodology that we use. You know, we, we want to send it um, certified. We don't want to send them all at the same time. We want to make sure we send our social security card and driver's license you know, with, with the letters, there's a certain verbiage that you need in the letter to cause the, you know, the, the um, credit bureaus to take notice of what you're saying. But I'm telling you, I've gotten off foreclosures, tax liens, um, repossessions, um, late payments, you name it. I've had it all. At one point, I had 12 foreclosures on my credit. And, an, and, and, a hundred and fifty thousand
0: dollar IRS tax lien. Yeah, and we need to hire you. You're listening to the plug. Right? <laughs> we're, we're all living under grace. We'll be right <laughs> back after this commercial break. <laughs>
1: <sighs> oh Mister Scott, oh my god, <laughs> where have you, been? <laughs> have you been?
2: I've been telling them. I was like, they they wanted to get somebody else.
1: No that was got like nah, perfect go- <laughs> Mr. Scott, I paid this credit company like fifteen hundred dollars to clean me and my husband's credit and they did my husband super quick um at the same time my husband's only been in America for six years so he doesn't have a lot of credit. mine they still and in the midst of that apparently someone tried to take a loan out on my name made my score drop. I had a 680 score last summer. Uh, I guess somebody tried to take a loan out on my name and it dropped my score of 40 points. Mm. And I have no idea what to do to get it back there. And from what I was told yesterday, it was like, oh, well, the projected time on some system that does whatever that they use. Um, it said by next year, it'll go back up to that. And I'm like, you I got to stay in this apartment for another year. Wait, what? Next year.
3: That's that's work. I've never heard. I've never heard such. It, it, it's that's nasty to tell somebody something like that. That's not I
1: know, especially that's, somebody is trying to get out of an apartment.
3: That's, 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 that's you're trying to move into houses and land, and, and, right. and, and, and what happens is we haven't even got into the real estate portion because I have a whole plethora of t- tips and tricks to show you how to get into houses with having no credit score, no money, no nothing. So that that's a the rat. I don't care whether you're in California. New York, South Carolina, it works the same. But basically, what I would employ uh, you to do is find out where that debt is sitting. Has it gone to a third party or is it still with Verizon? Okay. If it's with Verizon, then you're going to have to talk to them and work out something to get the debt um, removed. Now, again, only pay if they're going to give you a debt removal letter. If they're not going to remove it. Why pay it? Right now, this goes into another section. There's two parts. You can maintain your credit. You can repair your credit, and then you can build your credit. So even if the Verizon doesn't come off, now you need to go into building mode mm. because in order to get an 800 credit score, you need four credit cards. You need American okay. Express, Visa. MasterCard and Discover. You need a car loan. You need a mortgage. And you need some type of revolving um, uh, retail card, such as
0: Victoria's Secrets, Macy's, Riches, or... We you know, Yeah. So you, you know, need all, you need all so that I for need all four? To have an 800 yes. credit score? Yes.
3: yes. No. Most people that you see, they have an 800 credit score. They have all four. And it's time. It takes time. Now, I can show you how to shorten that time if you you want to spend some money. But on the average, I can take somebody who has no credit score and at least get them to 680 within 12 months.
1: So you said there's Master, Visa, Discover?
3: And American Express. Okay. right. Which, let me tell you something about Navy Federal. Let's say you go in and you get two credit cards from Navy Federal and they're both MasterCard. Maybe federal has a a I guess, a guideline or program or whatever that you can call in and say, hey, listen, I got these two MasterCards, but I want to do a product change. Instead of the MasterCard, can you keep my same trade line and uh, let me try out the Visa? I mean, the um, American Express card. They'll say, Oh, OK. Yeah, no problem. And then they'll switch you over. Now instead of having two MasterCards, you have a MasterCard and you have an American Express without without applying for American Express.
1: I didn't know that they offered. Do they offer Discover too?
3: They don't offer Discover. Discover is its own entity. Okay.
1: Okay, I need to make phone
3: calls. Yeah, so you can easily get that. Okay, so now we got you know. You got the credit together at the authorized user. Joseph, did you have some questions about the authorized user? I, I, I I,
0: I, I'm just still trying to wrap my head around this, having all this <laughs> well, I have a question. credit and okay. 800s credit score.
3: <laughs> I have a question about
1: allowing people to pull your credit. Yes. So I just had a lender pull my credit this past week. Okay. If I call Navy Federal and try to get a credit card, they're going to pull my credit again. How harmful is that?
3: It's not very harmful to that extent because. It's, it's something that you have to do in order to raise your credit score. Right. Okay. So initially, your credit score will go down because you have an inquiry. But then it'll go back up because now you have more credit available. Right. Oh, so it'll it'll eventually it'll, it'll go back up. So you'll take you okay. it'll take a sort of dip, but then eventually it, it'll go back up.
2: Is there a limit on how many times we should do an inquiry, or
3: say that again?
2: Is there a limit? on how many times we should do an inquiry
3: in terms of checking your credit
2: in terms of like saying like right. we got to apply like for say like you said American Express, Visa, Discovery is it good just to just what's the time frame between each one I guess I'm saying
3: um well it depends on your credit score if your credit score is 680 or above you can do two at a time mm. you can go in for American I mean for a Visa and a Discover card, and then wait 60, 90 days and go in for the other two. Um, not in that order, but you know, just two at a time. If you have a lower credit score, then I suggest you go in every 90 days.
1: So what I'm thinking right now is my husband has, I'm an authorized user on my husband's Visa card. I okay. strongly believe my mom's, it could be a platinum Visa maybe, um so I'm thinking that because I'm already authorized user on his should I just add
3: the well, master level on him Well remember, be, remember, remember that adding someone adding you as an authorized user to the credit bureau's perspective is not you having a primary account. They can tell that uh, you're an authorized user on someone else's account. That doesn't uh, count towards your 800 okay. credit score. In okay. order to get an 800 credit score, you yourself have, have primary accounts.
1: Okay. So I can do it for him to make his score yes. actually be in the sevens. Okay.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. But I need my own. So I, right. I,
3: All
0: right. I, before we, because I have a question too about that Navy Federal drone. Like, so Dominique, you have a card through Navy Federal or you're, you're an authorized user?
1: I have I have bank accounts with Navy Federal.
0: With Navy Federal.
1: And then I have, my husband has a credit card that I'm authorized user on, and my mom has a credit card that I'm also authorized user on.
0: So, Mr. Scott, you recommend that we do, like, if we did Navy Federal, to have an account, like a bank account through them first, and then? Yeah, you're going to have to have a bank account. Okay.
3: Yeah, you have to build a relationship with Navy Federal. Okay. So, um, let me say something about the authorized users that, you know, be careful that when you, that the person who is putting you on their card is not using the card and raising the card up at two to nine uh, percent right. utilization threshold because when that happens, what affects their credit affects
0: your credit, right?
3: And so you don't really okay. want. Uh, ideally, you want a credit card that they're not using as much, right? Keep the utilization, keep the utilization low.
2: So, do you think Navy Federal is like the only one, or can we? What
3: about another credit? Oh, credit? I got I got, a, I got a hose. Most credit you. Most okay. credit unions are good. The reason why we say Navy Federal is because Navy Federal is the largest credit union in America. Wow. Okay. Oh. They're the largest credit union in America. Next to them, I think is S um, S E C. Um, and then there's a company called First Tech mm-hmm. and Alliant. And all of these, and then there's another one called uh uh, what's it called? United Nations. Hmm. credit union.
2: What you think about Delta? What's your thoughts on them?
3: Um, I, used, I used to. I, I am a member of Delta. I've oh. been a member of Delta for a number of years. Um, Delta can't hold a candlelight to uh, Navy Federal. Oh. Delta is number like 88 on the list of the top 100 credit unions. Mm. Oh, wow. Navy Federal number one. Delta right. eighty eight. Right. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want
1: my information to add on. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: how, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how do we do? Wow,
1: brothers and sisters. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs>
0: Legitimately. Um, do you really?
1: Ju- I think you just need my access code.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's
3: it.
1: That's my it. name and access code.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just give it an access code, and that's it. And, and wow. you're in. Wow. You know what I mean. And so Navy Federal has what's called a ninety-one-three rule. 91 days or three statements is how long you have to wait before you can apply for an upgrade. Mm. Also, on the Navy federal website, there is a pre qualification portal um, for credit card. So, if you go to um, resources, credit cards, and you go down, you'll see it, it says, please pre qualify me. You'll go in, you'll put your information in, and it'll pre qualify you without yeah. giving you a hard inquiry. Hmm. So,
2: um, would you recommend like doing business that accounts? I
3: have, every, I, I'm a Navy federal fan. Okay. I have bank accounts, accounts, my business account is there. Well, one of them anyway is there. Um, I have nothing negative to say about Navy federal. They're open 24 hours a day. You can always call, get somebody okay. on the phone. Um, phenomenal. So you
1: I can go on the app and get a pre-qualification first before I call and have them pull my credit. Yeah. Yes,
3: you can. You can go and get a
0: pre-qualification.
1: Sorry everybody, I'm multitasking. I have to go get my All children right. by five. Right.
0: So Bye-bye. we're gonna we're gonna take a break real quick since the, hopefully it doesn't lag like it did last time. You're listening to the plug. People living in the grace will be right back after this commercial. Wow. So I yeah. This is why I need to hire somebody to do this because I just I can spend money I can make it. No, but you got to learn how to. to do no, but see, this is why. I, like, teach me. Like, you're teaching. You're definitely teaching. But I'm just like, <laughs> I, I want to delegate tasks. Like, delegate tasks.
1: My credit. Score. Can we get to the investment piece? Yes. Listen. But he. Told Where me am I putting my scores, money at? Low fives
3: yeah. to the well, second. But well, you guys ask the questions and let me give you the answer. So that. So I- I- it's so much in the investment.
1: No, because it seem like the way you break it down, you answering every question
2: that we
3: could yeah even ask. <laughs> that, we, that we would like, even ask. Like,
2: plain.
0: oh my gosh, uh, right. so, so you're listening to the plug. People living in the grace. We're back. And side note, so we do those breaks in between for the podcasting platforms. Um, so they're going to see that part anyway, even though we're we're dialoguing. Um, I do know when we're talking about investment. So I was told by a financial person that I started working with that um. It's best to, like, my job, they do, like, a, the, the company match. So it's best to do the maximum match so that they ma- they match you at their max, like, minus 6%, and they match me 5%. Like, that's the highest that they go, just so to not leave anything off or on the table, and I get the max that they give.
3: Well, let me ask you another question. Okay. Um, your 401k... Is it an asset or a liability?
0: We actually have 403B. Does that make a difference? No. Okay. So, so right Right now, I would say that it's...
1: I don't know. I'm just going to say I don't know. People make it seem like it's a big deal.
0: But I know that if I wanted to buy a house, I can use that as a quote-unquote reserve if I wanted to say I actually have this amount of money saved saved to you know be able to qualify or pre-qualify for a But more... don't
1: they make us pay it back?
0: Um it, it depends because right. you can do
3: you can do a hardship uh, and, and not pay the money back if you if you buy real estate. Um does anyone know how those came into existence?
0: 401ks, four three B's people people was going broke because they didn't have no money after they retired?
3: Now, very quickly, what happens is in 1971, same
0: thing when Richard Nixon took us off the, the
3: gold standard, um, they came up with this thing called ERISA, E-R-I-S-A, which is the early retirement something, 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 which, takes, which now they gave you a 401k. Because in the early days, most companies gave pensions. Mm. These days, mm. there are very few companies that give out pensions. Yeah. Mm. So your 401k is supposed to be in place of your pension where you now manage your own retirement. Okay. So yes, you're putting money away and the 401k is not a pension plan, but a savings plan is what it is. And there are two types. You have a traditional, you have a Roth. The traditional allows you not to pay taxes today, but defer taxes down the road. The Roth allows you to pay taxes today right. and not pay taxes down the road. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think we should have, a traditional or a Roth? Roth. Definitely. So if you have a 401 and then the key is inside of that one three b or 401 k it has stocks and bonds. Mm. I give you a 401k, but I don't give you the necessary education to make the proper decisions inside of that vehicle so that you don't lose money,
2: right?
3: Hmm. Right? So they give you a 401k. They don't teach you about emerging markets and growth markets and tech markets and stuff like that. You just got a 401k. You don't know how to align your assets or, or those categories when times get rough. So when the dollar is down, do you just leave it or do you move it, right? When we're at war, do you just leave it or do you move it? And those are the educational things that they don't teach us. So if you don't know about something, I wouldn't suggest you invest in it because I've seen a lot of people lose money in 401K. Mm. Personally, I had one, but I cashed mine out because I can make more money knowing what I know than I can in put my money in a 401K and letting someone else invest my money. I'd rather invest it. Best
2: of myself. So, like, say, like, um, if, if somebody wanted to invest in like property, um uh, what would be the lowest amount that they would need to actually like invest in like say, necessarily say if they don't want to live in a property but just have purchase a property, invest yeah. in yeah. like, what's the lowest amount you would say?
3: Um, well, if, let let's say you don't have any money, mm-hmm. right? then my suggestion is you do what's called wholesaling or assignment of contracts. Hmm. And in that realm, or so let's say you were walking down a block and you saw a property uh, down the block from where you live. And you call me up and You say, Mr. Scott, listen, see this property, I don't really know too much about it. But it's empty. It's been empty for a while. Okay. You call me, I go in, I do my necessary due diligence. I say, right. Listen, uh, so, How much do you think they'll sell that house for? Well, I don't know. I said, well, listen, go and tell them that I'll pay them $85,000 for the house. Okay, well, if you know that I'm going to pay $85, then your goal is to talk to the seller and get it for less than $85. Mm. So hypothetically, you got it for
0: $65.
3: Mm. No, I want to pay $85. We write up an assignment contract, Mm -hmm. take it to closing, I closed. The seller gets sixty five, you get twenty thousand dollars, and I get the property. Mm. Now, in that scenario, how much did it cost you to make twenty thousand dollars?
0: Nothing, nothing.
3: Just this. So, people say it takes money to make money. That's a lie. Wow, I just proved it to you. Wow, right? I just proved it to you that it does not take money to make money. It takes knowledge. To make money, hmm. and that same way, you can buy a house that you can get into for no money down and live rent free because you bought a multifamily property as opposed to a single family. Property. Hmm. Right. So now, when you talk about the least amount to put down, you know you can always do FHA. FHA is three and a half percent down on one to four units. So if you're just moving out and just getting started, I would say buy a duplex. Mm. You live in one side, let a tenant live in the other side, you live rent-free, you stay there for a year, stack your cash, now you move out. Now you move out, and let's say you want to buy your own home. You don't mean your own single family home because you don't want to really deal with somebody living next door to you. Okay, fine. When you move out. Remember that the people who are living next door to you, that whole the mortgage that they were paying was enough to pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. You are living rent-free. Mm-hmm. So when you move out and you rent out that other unit, now that other unit is cash flow. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna take that cash flow and use it to subsidize the mortgage that you have on your house. So if you were paying a thousand dollars, but you were getting a thousand positive cash flow, now the house that you live in is not a liability, it's now an asset. Mm. Mm.
0: So I just want to go back That's to the stuff. it's good. And I want to go back to the the, the agreement for the sixty thousand versus the eighty and the, the twenty thousand. Is that I understand that on paper it's legal because it's an it's an agreement. Is that kind of being shady? No. What happens
3: is in in, um, you know, in the real estate field, we, we call it an assignment of a contract because if I come, Joseph, and I want to buy your house and you mm-hmm. and I sign an agreement, inside that agreement is what's called an assignment clause, which okay. allows me legally to assign that contract, the agreement that you and I have, I can say, well, Brian, listen, Joseph and I have a contract, but if you want the property, you can buy it, but I'm selling you the rights to this deal through this okay. legal. Property. So really I'm just assigning the paper because now when you and I have a contract, I have the legal right right? To buy that house from you and I can assign that legal right to someone else for a price. That makes sense. Mm. People do it all the time. Do it all the time. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how much money I've made. As a matter of fact, my first deal—no, kind of my—my my second deal when I got to Georgia in 1995, uh, I went to a real estate uh, associating meeting. The guy was selling the property for a hundred thousand dollars. So I knew that the property, by doing my due diligence, was worth about two hundred and fifty thousand, but it needed some work. What I did was I gave the guy a thousand dollars down. He and I signed a contract. I put an ad in the paper, cost me like maybe $16 at the time, Atlanta Bill the Constitution. Found somebody to buy the property three days later for $111,000. <laughs> so, just like that, boom, in about seven days, seven to 10 days, I made $11,000. Never owned the property, no nothing. Wow. Now, it cost me a thousand dollars I could have gave him 500 right wow I mean I could have gave him 50 whatever we we thought about so it's not money that makes money yes do you need some money yeah, there are times you do but even when you have money strategy see, you need to know what to do with the money having the money you know is 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 just one part of the equation but it's mm-hmm. not it's not you know the full um you know the full Circle. So, we got our credit together now. Now we got our credit together. What's next? Got to get an LLC. Got to get an LLC. Get
2: an LLC.
3: Why? Why? Because we want to transition from the left hand side of the cash flow quadrant as an an employee or self employed to the right hand side as a business owner or an investor. Do you know? That if you would have had an LLC here, let's say uh, 2018, 2019, do you realize all of this government money you could have gotten? My son started a business and here in the last 11 days, he got a $25,000 loan from the SBA that's due a year from the time you get it. It's at three point five percent interest mm. over thirty years. So that means that they gave him twenty-five thousand dollars
0: of zero interest money for one year. So where do you go? I to think get I missed
1: that? what the LOC was.
0: I have Sorry, an guys. LOC. I have, I have an LOC in, it I started that LOC in 2019.
2: So what do they say? Oh, okay. So what do they go to sign up for that? Like what do they go to like I don't know. Can you still do it now is the question.
3: Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Because there are two things. There are two different loans. One is called the EIDL loan. You can go to SBA.gov. And the other one is called the PPP loan, Payroll Protection Program.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: In order to get that loan, um, you can go to Navy Federal. Hmm. Another thing about the EDI. What, what was the LLC again? The LOC is a limited liability corporation. And I'm saying once you get your credit together, the next step is to get a limited liability company. Because we, we want you to get funding so you can get cash so you can now invest that cash mm-hmm. in real estate or some other business or something like that.
2: So what was the? It was E-I-V
3: as in Victor L? no. no. EID as in David. Okay. L. Yeah. is I think it's Emergency uh, Injury Disaster Loan.
2: And we go to FDA.gov.
3: Yeah. SBA, Small Business Administration.
2: Yes. SBA. S-
3: SBA. Yeah.
2: Small Business
3: Administration.
2: Sam Bravo. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Aqua.
3: Aqua. Aquafeeder. <laughs> <laughs> <achieving effort>. Yeah. <laughs> dot gov. Uh, you can go there and, and that's where you'll find. Uh, so, Joseph, uh, are your fees and everything paid up for your LOC?
0: So I definitely need to check that. It wasn't I I believe there was like 30 bucks that we had to pay. Um, and that's actually one of the things as to what we were talking about before. Um, and we could talk about that part offline. Um, okay. But, yeah, it was like 30 bucks that we had to pay for the state. Um but with the whole pandemic and everything, it kind of it what thirty dollars is thirty dollars. Um, but for the most part, yeah, all of our stuff is paid up.
3: Yeah, go ahead and and do that and, and pay the fees and and, and get that together. Um, and even if it takes you a little while to get your credit together, make sure that you keep those fees paid up. Okay. Because yeah. worse comes worse comes the worst, if you just give up and say, Listen, I just don't want to do this no more or whatever, you can sell that corporation as an aged corporation. People buy aged corporations all the time.
0: Right.
3: You know what I mean? Because the more the tenure of a corporation, the easier it is to deal with financial institutions because they realize you've been in business, you know, uh, a long time. Well, a longer time than a, right. a, a startup.
0: Wow. We're definitely going to have to... Um wrap this segment up and talk offline. Um yeah. This is this has been very good. We hope we got a got to this is like this is like a this is like a because honestly like this is a part two of our conversation that we did last week and we were kind of like introducing this part. Um, but we definitely need you back for um for, for a recap. We're going to um continue this offline, but we're going to sign out. Uh, Sarday and Dominique, y'all want to have some last words to the people before we exit this out?
1: I mean, this was great. I'm ready to call Navy Federal. I'm ready to hang up and call Navy Federal now. <laughs> <laughs> call them now. This is good. I'm like, y'all, let me tune back in later. <laughs> me, yeah. right. I got things to do. I'm sure, okay, Dominique,
3: if you, call, if you call Navy Federal today, I'm sure they'll give you a $1,000 credit card if you apply for the the uh, Go Rewards card.
1: Well, they gave my husband a $3,500 one and he had not been with them that long or like anything. They were just like, oh yeah. It's like, what? Okay.
3: Yeah. Let me and I've you been with them
1: for like, I think my parents opened us our account when we were younger.
3: Yeah. So it's been only, like 14 only apply, years. Only apply for credit cards after 10.30 p.m. Mm. (laughs) 10
1: 30 y'all time because that's 7 30 my time
3: yeah 10 30 your time but But
1: my account is through is on that side
3: yeah it doesn't make it doesn't doesn't make a difference at 10 30 the um the people who are in charge of the credit cards and all of that stuff who do the authorization they go home and the the authorization is left up to um, the computers, you know, there's an algorithm. Wow! So, you know, the the data points are one: people who are get more favorable accounts who make anywhere between seventy nine thousand and a hundred and ten thousand. That's number one. Number two: people who own real estate as opposed to people who rent real estate. Number three. If you've been on your job at least five years or more, then you tend to get a better, you know, it's more favorable than someone who's just been on their job for 30 days or something like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? But anytime, with Navy Federal, anytime you are going to apply for a credit card, always
0: apply after 10.30. And that's 10.30 California time? Whatever local time, whatever, if you're on East Coast. Whatever we are, okay. Whatever you are, your local time, okay. Wow. wow.
2: <laughs> so we're going to have Mr. Scott back, right?
0: We we definitely need to. Um, will you, will you will be, you able, be to- able to? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: to join us for the second segment. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we, we
3: haven't even... The the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I got a whole slew of stuff. Because we didn't really finish 401Ks. We didn't mm-hmm. go into stocks and bonds. Oh. So, you know, we just really touched the surface of real estate. So, yeah, anytime you guys are ready... You know, let me know, and uh, I'll be more than happy to come back on and uh drop some
0: more jewels. Well, def- will definitely hold that thought, Brian. You want to, you want to say something real quick? Because I don't want Mr. Scott to really go away. Because I need, I need to run. Yeah. What you, what what'd you mean? No, no, no. I'm gonna end. I would end this so that the people can, yeah.
2: Well, Mr. Scott, we
1: appreciate
3: yes. you
2: being on the plug, dropping yes, knowledge.
0: Definitely,
3: we
2: are excited to
1: have you here again. And as we end, we want to tell the people: May the Lord bless you Thank and keep you. you cause his face to shine upon you, establish you and give you peace. peace. And we are out.
3: Peace. peace.